The goal for this podcast is to better our understanding through conversation. Communication is one of the easiest, yet hardest things to do. Whether that's communication of feelings, thoughts, or opinions. But through communication, new perspectives begin to take place. Throughout the various topics and opinions discussed on this podcast, we hope that we can add value, understanding, and a few laughs to your day. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. I'm here with my man, E, man. What's going on, bro? How you doing, brother? Another day chilling, above man. ground. That's it. That's it, bro. Hey, we got somebody new with us today, huh? That's it, man. Yeah, so who we got? You want to tell him or you want me to tell him? I, hey, I'd be honored to tell him. <laughs> you can do the honors. Hey, I got this one. So right here to my right, man, this is blood. This is blood. I'm not just saying that this is truly blood. Mm-hmm. This is my cousin, man. Jerome, Brother Miller. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Honored. It's a privilege. Appreciate you guys for having me. Um, I like the background based on what I heard so far, and I see you guys got great symmetry. So Appreciate that, man. Looking forward to a dope episode. I am yes, too, sir. man. Yes, I am too, bro. Most definitely, man. Hey, man, if you don't mind, man, we'd like to just like, we'd like to get to know you a little better, man. Can you let the good people know, man, you know, your background, man? Tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing. Yeah. So uh, currently I reside in New York City. Um, I just moved there from Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for six and a half years. Um, I moved to New York to basically elevate my life and what I'm looking to achieve. Um, And that's related to what I currently do, which is basically uh, I'm a filmmaker. So I write, direct, um, produce, and I act in films. Aside from that, I have a business. Uh, I got a master's in international business, so I have a business relating to that with people I went to school with. Those are the two things that I primarily focus in on at the moment, but I reside in New York. Um, originally from Savannah, though, the okay. hometown. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a bit about myself. Um, that's a bit about That's myself. crazy, bro. I was about to say a time out, bro. That's yes, wild. Sir. So yes, two things I want to break down, man. You said you uh, moved to Savannah. Excuse me. You lived in Savannah, moved to Atlanta, then New York. Yeah. Um, one the first question I say is like, what do you see the differences? Well, how did you like Atlanta? What was the difference between Savannah and Atlanta, and then Atlanta from New York? Atlanta, you don't see the beauty in a place when you until you leave it. I'll true. say that. That's so true. First and foremost, I never wanted to live in Atlanta because I used to always go to Atlanta and visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my former girlfriends, she was from Atlanta. I happened to meet her at Savannah State, and um. I had a lot of partners from Atlanta who went to Savannah State. We used to go back and forth. So, right. and I, as a kid, I used to go to Atlanta like 2000, 2003 and spend summers out there. So I never wanted to live to Atlanta because it was so proximity to Savannah. And I knew it. I wanted to get away from home. But one night I had said a prayer to God. This is in like maybe 2015 or 16. Um, I was working at Walgreens overnight and there was a guy I used to work with named Mr. Phil. And he basically just said, why are you still in Savannah? And I was like, you know, to basically get a college degree or whatever the case may be. And he was like, you can do that anywhere. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it from there. But I told him um, I never wanted to go. But I told my mom I wanted to leave. And she was like, what if something happened? You know how parents hit you with that. Right. But that night I went home and I said a prayer to God. And I was like, is it time for me to leave? Do you want me to leave Savannah? What is it that you want me to do? That next morning I woke up. 
I, I kid you not, I got a message saying that it's time to go. And that's when I turned my attention to moving from Savannah. The intention was to go to Florida. Right. Jacksonville. I had drove, took a tour of a college in Florida. Um, but I was just talking to a girl who was like a friend, and she was from Florida. I met her down in Savannah. And basically, she mentioned Atlanta. She was like, why don't you go to Atlanta based on what you're trying to do? And I was like, you know what? Because I know Atlanta. I don't want to go to Atlanta. But then I thought about it, and I was like, this is before Atlanta got like hot. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Atlanta be, would be a good place because I get the experience of living in a city. Right. Not too big for you because yeah, you already yeah. kind of know it. Yeah. And then, you know, learning ins and outs. And then after that, I could get my wings and fly somewhere else. So my plan immediately was basically, the first school that came to my mind was Georgia State University because mm-hmm. I knew what I was looking for. I was looking for diversity. I was looking for culture. And I was looking for being in the city. And if I wanted to go to corporate after I graduate college, that'll look good on my degree at Georgia State University. Right. So that's the school that I immediately picked, like intuitively. And... I packed my stuff um, in 2017, August 10th, I think. I had a couple thousand to my name. I didn't have a place to stay, and I just made my way to Atlanta. <laughs> That's a big move, That's dude. A That's crazy. Right, right. That's how I got man. to Atlanta. I say it in a place like New York City, but ever since I've been going from Atlanta, it's not a place like Atlanta. It's just, it's different, like. Outside of D.C., Atlanta probably is the only place where you see black people really survive. Yeah. I'm sorry, not survive, thrive. Mm-hmm. Mainly entertainment, I'll be honest. Um, but also like business, whether it's real estate, whether it's government, politics, etc. Um, That's pretty Yeah, and it just, it's not too big of a city to where you can get lost like a L.A. or New York, but it's right in the medium. Right. Like, Cause we're saying it's right in the media, but Atlanta's dope, you know. That's I'll, crazy. It's dope, and, and you know what's, what's what's striking me here, listening to you talk, right? So it's like uh, I don't know. As you as you was talking, man, I'm sitting up there in my mind. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, I see a lot of similarities. Uh, like LeBron, like how LeBron mess around. You spend X amount of years, like in your, you know, you know, the home. You 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 was on the home soil in yeah. Savannah, man. And first and foremost, before we go any further, man, I got to commend you, man, because, I mean, you a young cat, man. And to be honest with you, man, to to get outside, it's like for a lot of people, bro, it's a lot of people right now, we talk about this all the time, man. Oh, yeah. That, like, the dreams, bro, they, a lot of people, man, all they left with is dreams. Yeah. A lot of people. Then you got certain people, bro, that have the tools to make the dreams happen, however, they don't have, have the mindset to get up out of their surroundings to go achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like for you, man, to, you know what I'm saying, to be obedient, first of all, it's like, man, because that's a it's a faith-based move. Yeah. To, you know what I'm saying? You pray about it. And a lot of times what people don't understand, man, when you pray about things, man, you can pray for something and 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 even ask for you know, the answer to the, you know, hey, Lord, just allow me to know if this is the right thing for me to do. Yeah. And then God had dropped that on us. And then we questioned it. Nah, that's, that, that, might be, right. boy, that might be the devil. Hey. You know what 100%. I'm saying? Yeah. But again, it's like when you, when, you heard, when you heard the answer to your prayer, you knew. From that, you started making preparation to, you know, to, to move out. Yeah. That's, bruh. And yeah, again, man. man, like 
what we don't understand, man, like we getting ready to get, we, we getting ready to go there, man. Because what a lot of people fail to realize, bro, like when you when you pray about something like, you know, like this young man did, you pray for the answer for it. So at that point in time, it becomes an open book test. If you fail it, that's on you. The answer's right there in front of you. You asking mm-hmm. for him, and here it is, right here. Nah, can't be this answer. Yeah, it's a question. It. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, what happens after that? That's when people get hit with a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas, or a lot of regrets. Right. And so, like I tell my son all the time, I'm, you know, when it comes to sports, the same as is in the classroom, whatever. You know, we want to eliminate the regrets. How you do that is when you put in a position. To succeed, go ahead. Right. Give it your all. Leave it all in the classroom. Leave it all on the court. Leave it all on the field. Leave it. Leave it. You know right. what I'm saying? Make sure you give it your all after that. Where, you know, wherever it ha- you know, whatever happens after that. The one thing that won't be happening is I shoulda. Man, you speaking to like effort, man. Like, yeah. and, um, I want to ask, like, what was your age? What, what, around what age was this happening when you uh, made that move? 22. 22, man. So you you referenced Savannah State. I went to Savannah State. I graduated from there. Was that a school that you went to and you then you transferred or like how did that work? Or you just knew people there? Like how, how the what was back that? story of that? First and foremost, I never wanted to go to college. Mm. And I never wanted to go to Savannah State because I wanted to leave Savannah. Right. But you gotta trust God timing and you gotta be patient and understand that when it's appropriate for you to make a move, that's when it's time to make the move. Um but I ended up Savannah State because, number one, I didn't want to go to college, but the other route was the military because I wanted to travel the world. So I couldn't pass the, I couldn't pass the ASVAB, and I had a friend who's like a big brother of mine. He's from Atlanta. We met at Sonic. I used to work at Sonic. And um, he mentioned the officer route. So if you can't pass the ASVAB, you can come right. enroll in Navy ROTC. i like, okay, cool. He's like, you do your four years. They give you a scholarship, and after that, you commission in the military's officer. I say, okay, cool, bam. That's my plan out of Savannah. Right. So I got accepted into the Navy ROTC program. I didn't get those scholarships, so what that means is you got a year to basically prove yourself. You got to keep your GPA up to, I think, a 2.75 or above, something like that. So I got in, but to be honest, once I got in, my mind went to like moving to the military, like envisioning with that lifestyle. I wasn't living in the present moment. Because of that, I had a girlfriend at the time, too. I got caught up in all of that, and that caused me to lose focus, and my grades, everything started to deteriorate. My GPA still was good. I still passed class, but my GPA had dropped from like a 2.75 to 2.5, I think, and because of that, I got kicked out of ROTC. But to be honest, going through that whole year and a half of doing ROTC, I didn't see it fitting for me in a military lifestyle because... When I was taking those classes, because you got to take classes and whatnot, you drill, PT, all of that type of stuff, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I could commit to this. Right. So I was like, if I am to go forward with this, I can't do no 24 months. Because once you commission as officer, you got to do, uh, you, if you swole, you basically got to do 24 months on C. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. So when I got put out, I'm going to be honest, I kind of shed tears and got emotional because I'm like, you know, how am I going to get out of Savannah? Yeah. Because that was like my last option. That's what it seemed like at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like banking everything on that. Yeah. But then I went home, I think that day or the day after, and I was like, you know what? Let me go back to the drawing board. I was like, what is it that makes me happy and fulfilled? Like, what am I good at? And then I came back to what I always knew since I was a kid, entrepreneurship, being a businessman. And I was like, you know what? That's what... uh. 
I'm a result tool because my degree starting off at Savannah State was business marketing. And so that's when I was like, you know what? You know, I decided to take a year off from school and I went back to the drawing board and I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. But that's how I ended up at Savannah State. But once I kind of like went through everything, a revelation a lot of me not having to be in Savannah anymore, it's time for me to move on. That's when I switched to basically the, uh, the urge to move to Atlanta, or the vision to move to Atlanta, and then switching to uh, business marketing. And then the plan was, you know, the option to go in corporate and working for a Fortune 500 company. Right. Enjoy the state. It'll look good on the resume. So that's the Savannah State story. Makes sense. Makes sense, man. But I got what I needed out of ROTC because I already had discipline. I already kind of moved militant because that's kind of what my upbringing is. But it taught me discipline. It taught me leadership. And it basically taught me how to pay attention to some details, the little mm, things of life. Right. And also, like, how to be there for people that you need to lead. And it taught me tech. So tech? I, what you mean by tech? T A C T. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, man. I definitely understand that. Now, um, you mentioned, all right, so once you moved, once you made, so you made a decision, made the plan and everything to move to Atlanta and then start from there. So, like, once you got to Atlanta, um, how did you plan for it? What was the plan for it? The plan in Atlanta was get the experience of living in the city, you know, learn business, connect with them, like high power individuals or people who like movers and shakers in the city. And once I do that, I'm out. Did you, uh, were you going to Georgia State at that time? Like when, when you got yeah. to Atlanta, you already got the, okay, once I got, got, you, got you. I got to Atlanta a week before I had to start at Georgia State. Got you. Um, yeah, that's how that, that's how that happened. But that was the plan. I didn't know how long I was going to be there, but I didn't. It didn't feel like home when I got there. It never supposed to. Right. Yeah. Because you you were looking at it as a mission. Yeah. So with the mission is one thing at a time. So you already thinking bigger. You you already see the bigger picture ultimately. So you like this right here. Uh, it's chapter one. But ultimately, man, I'm on chapter five right now. You already thinking ahead. I, yeah. I get that. That and so of course it's not going to feel like home because you you going up a staircase. It's like one step at a time, mm -hmm. but you already see the top and you like you know yeah yeah. So let me ask you, uh, how did you get it? You mentioned film, so yeah. did that did you make that decision when you got to Atlanta or was that once you got to New York? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you this right here. My whole life I always wanted to do three things. It was redevelop the community where I came from in Savannah, which is the east side of Savannah, Waters Avenue, South Avenue area. And it was always to do business globally, and it was always to storytell. But I always said once I got established financially, I'll double back right. and I'll storytell, act, et cetera. I can understand that. But can I can I pause you real yeah, quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Pause you. you know it's interesting. You okay. Repeat that last piece that you just said. Repeat the last piece. When I got financially established, I'll double back. Double back to do what? Storytell. That's I want That's why I want him to say that, right? Because this is this is this is the interesting uh, This is an interesting component to how we view life. We view life like the things, whatever. Okay, so storytelling. Yeah. If that's been in you since you was yay high, if it's been in you since then. You remember I was talking to you before about gifts, mm -hmm. gifts and talents. And so a definition God put on my heart, man, back in 20, 2007, I want to say. God told me that, you know, your gifts and talents, they one and the same, but they're inter uh, interchangeable. But what it is, is it's the thing that you do the best at with the least amount of effort. 
Meaning that when you wake up, it's already on go. It's on demand. Yeah. You do it. You do it like you do it without even thinking about the fact that, yo, I'm pretty good at this. Because for you, it's normal. You're like, man, right. man it's, it's nothing. But everybody else around you, I was about yo, to say that. Everybody can see it. Bro, like, do you realize what you just said? You're like, what? I was just talking. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm telling y'all my story. Yeah. Nah, man, like that, that was grand. You're like, oh, appreciate it. But you downplay it. But again, we are led to believe that you got to have X amount of dollars to, to do this stuff, to make it. Again, I be, you know, I, I talk about this all the time, man. We always want this, this, this grand feel. We want it to be epic. We want it to be over the top. Tyler Perry was doing these things out his car. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, if you got all the money to do it the first time, anyways, to be honest with you, you still gonna be missing a mark because when you giving like when you giving stuff right when you giving stuff and I see this now and I tell you about it it's coming with children you will see a lot you know a lot of times you give children you give them you give them you give them you give them the world to the point to where they don't even appreciate what's being given to them so they don't know how to handle it mm-hmm. but when you got the work you gotta you gotta go and get it out the mud you got an appreciation for everything right and it's like. That's when you telling your, like, that's when, like, for example, back in the day, like, you know, when you start talking about slaves and stuff like that, man, and you talking about Negro spirituals and stuff, that stuff, man, it comes from the soul. They singing, the, they singing because they not just singing, it's a breakthrough for them. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what I'm saying? It's a translation to a breakthrough because if they're not singing, it's like, man, they dying. Yeah. It's like you got to find your voice in the chaos. You right. got to find your voice. And the thing about it, like with you, man, it's like, man, I appreciate you saying that because I, I, I can attest to that. It's like, man, nah, you don't have to have X amount uh, of money to, to, to get started. Right. You just got to get started. <laughs> ah, bro. You, you got to tell your story. That's a thousand percent, And it's like, bro, bro and, uh, and to be real with you, when you know you're telling a story, bro, that, that God wants you to tell, you can't sit on it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's going to keep coming back. It's going to keep hitting you like you're going, hey, hey, speak speak my story speak it it's gonna it's gonna harass you to the point to where man let me let me sit down man i, I gotta write something i gotta write something and then even if it's three lines bro them three lines gonna provoke uh provoke you to write more right. the next thing you know man you got page one page two but you writing that's what i'm saying you don't have to have all of the resources in the world to do what it is that you was called to do just start nike check it just right. do it that's mm. so real go man. ahead bro i'm sorry you're all right you're all right yeah, what was the uh, nah? You was going back and you was asking him about uh. Yeah, yeah. You uh, asked me a, it's an original question you asked me about. <laughs> I was, you was asking about story writing, right? Um, once nah, he got to was, Atlanta, oh, and he was telling that story about mm-hmm. you know once he got to Atlanta and then I said film. He was explaining that that um when did that come to uh when did that come into play like the film thing? Like I said, that started at the. That was one of the things, the three things that I kind of like. Had an intuition on wanting to do from a kid. But like I said, once I got a status, I was going to get back to that. Mm-hmm. But when I was probably like six, seven, eight years old, my mom would like go out and work and she'll leave me home. And I'll watch movies and I'll act the movies out. But I'm not knowing that that um, foresight, that's what I'm supposed God want me to do. Right. So <clears throat> 2022... Um, a girl I was involved with at the time, we met in college. She was established. You know what I'm saying? She's doing well for herself. 
we all know what I'm going to do, but mine hasn't come to fruition yet. Mm-hmm. And so basically, we got into like, you know, just a conversation. It wasn't, it's just a heated conversation going back and forth. And then uh, after that conversation for the first time in my life, I kind of felt stuck. I didn't know how to go right, what was right. I didn't know if I went left, what was left. I had never felt like that in my life. And it's a pros and cons to having a a myriad of things that you want to do in life. And that's kind of like a me thing. And so I just felt stuck. I'm my first time ever feeling stuck in life. And I remember I went to Whole Foods and I was like, what's next? I had just got my graduate degree, but yet I'm still driving live. I can't get a corporate job. And it's like, like, what's up? Right. So I remember that night I had went home. I had said a prayer. <laughs> I was like, God, what is it that you want me to do? I mentioned five things. I didn't mention anything to do with entertainment, film, acting, nothing. In that same week, Friday, uh, my best friend from... My home from Savannah, he came up and um, we got up. And then that Friday, we had rolled by. We was driving out of town and we was driving by Georgia State <laughs> and we was going to Edgewood and they had a film truck out filming. And he had a passenger seat. I'm just driving and he said, Bro, I can see you acting. And I looked at him to the right and I was like, Really? <laughs> he was like, Yeah. I was like, Well, I've always wanted to produce, direct, and tell my own story. He was like, well, you got to start from somewhere. It still didn't hit me until that next morning I woke up. And I was like, aha. I was like, that's it. I was like, God, you want me to act? Mm. So I immediately texted my friend who lived in New York. And uh, I said, what are the top acting schools in New York? She texted to me. I started doing my own research. And I found one that had kind of fit me. The same way, the process with Georgia State. Right. And that's how we ended up here. But as I continue as I continue to live life, they always say this, and that it's true actually. They always say you end up doing what the inner child is, and that mm-hmm. goes back to what I said from the beginning. Three things I primarily always wanted to do intuitively, and that's how we here today. That's crazy, dude. That is so crazy, man. Um, I do like that uh, you tapped into faith, man, because I feel like you know uh, it give, it helps give you it helps to um, sometimes your vision is abstract. And I've, to me, I feel like faith helps to give it, um, what is the word? Resolution. It it, it, uh, it helps you with that, man. It helps to build on, upon your pur- purpose. But um, your degree, um, what was that in? So I got a bachelor's in social entrepreneurship with a concentration in global issues. And I have a master's in international business. That's crazy, man. Do you see, like, does that... For me, when I went to school, right, like I left the military and it was a whole different environment from that. But going to school helped to develop certain things that I use now, like, you know, like you said, turning uh, like going to school, turning things um, on time, uh, talking to your professors, networking, things of that nature. Do you see any of those aspects that you learn uh, helping you now or was it just another check on the box to help you get to uh, your, your, your ultimate goal? School helped me in some ways. It definitely helped me. Um, with time management, um, I was always organized, but it really like take your organization up to another level. Mm-hmm. It helped me a lot with like out of the box thinking. I always could think out of the box, but not quick on my feet. Right. And I really got that in my master's program because as, when you get a master's degree, it's different from like undergraduate. Like undergraduate, it's still holding your hands. But when you get a master's degree, depending on the master's, I would say possibly you got to kind of like 
you learning, but you got to self-teach yourself as well and then explain it from your perspective back to the professor. Mm. And that was kind of like, it changed my whole thing, way of thinking. So I kind of think like, in like four or five different ways at one time, to be honest. That's like an advantage I got. That's like something I gained from school, an advantage that I got. So it helped you to become more transparent. What you mean? So what you said, okay, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken what you said, you said, okay, for example, you said when you got your master's, you yeah. said, okay, so now you had to be able to put it in, so you had to be able to uh, prepare the entree and feed it to them. In return, before you got your master's, you were the one being fed by them, right? That's what you were saying? So what I'm, what I'm getting is this here. They were they were communicating and they were conveying a message to you before the match. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when you got your masters, then now it was on you to flip it and to be able to communicate with them so that they can. You, you were you were yeah. okay. So transparency. So yeah. okay, got you. Got that makes you. a lot of sense though, man. Because I'm thinking about I was thinking about going back to school and uh, I just didn't know if that was uh, beneficial. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I feel like it could be uh, a time filler. You know what I mean? And um, Meaning, like, it's a, it's something just to do in the meantime till you figure things out. But uh, that makes a lot of sense, man. Why you broke it down? You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me add to that. Because I'll be honest. Once I got that master's degree, <laughs> it's kind of like I didn't need it. But I knew what I was getting a master's degree for, though. I always right. got a plan for what I'm doing, what I'm doing. I got a master's degree because, again, from the beginning, I always wanted to do business globally. And I feel like... That's a field you can't really learn at the time. This was 2020, 2021. You can't find information online on how to do that mm -hmm. because there's certain politics, customs, and rules and regulations that prevents that type of information from being put online. Right. So I was like, okay, let me go to school. And I did study abroad in college. I knew the people and I knew what I got from going out of the country to different countries. And I saw what it did. So I was like, you know what? Since I didn't get a master's in this, or a minor in, or then since I didn't get a minor in international business, I'm gonna go back and get a master's degree in that. I'm gonna learn international business, and then once I learn it, I'm gonna incorporate that and start my own business. Mm. That was my strategic plan. That's crazy, man. But the reason why I say, if you're gonna going to get a, if you're going to pursue a master's, it has to make sense because at the end, when I got a master's degree, I had more network, and it taught me like, you know how to be more strategic and think critically. But I read so much to the point where, and I self teach. I, I'm always self teaching myself to the point where it's like, all the master degrees is homey. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I definitely understand that, man. That makes a lot of sense, especially like the way I think and everything. Uh, you mentioned business, man. Like, do you? You? Uh, I can't remember if you told me that you started a business or you have a business. Like, um, how does that come into play? That came into play. The original story was in 2018. Uh, travel to South Africa. And um, just getting the experience of um, what's going on over there. And our professor basically tasked us with being consultants of helping like people who were starting businesses in Africa. And we had an assignment of like basically helping them with marketing and branding and how to build their business. And they didn't they didn't have no idea how to do that. And I was like, okay, cool, all right, this is a this is a void. And 2021, when I had the idea of getting a master's, that came back into my membrane. And I'm like, okay, bam, I'm gonna double back and that's how this is gonna come into play. And I never wanted to work corporate. 
but I'm not opposed to it. It's got to make sense because I understand right. corporate. Um, so I couldn't get a I couldn't get a job. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm sitting down trying to figure it out. I'm tired of driving live. So that's when the business idea came back from what I experienced. And then I had a friend who I met in 2019 at a leadership academy via Georgia State. And he was from Africa. And I'm like, man, pull up to the house, man. I got an idea that I want to pitch to you. Pull up to the house. I pitched it to him. He fell in love with it. And then the girl who I um, got my master's degree with, she's also from Africa. Um, we got our international business degree together. Her name came to my mind as a person who will fit. And so I pitched it to her. She was like, that's something she always wanted to do. So I put all three of us together. We met at Panera Bread, and that's how the business idea came about. We've had three clients so far. Um, that's how the business idea came about. We still that's pretty dope, man. Yeah, thank you. I ain't, I'm not worrying about the money. That's gonna come. I'm not doing it for the money, but I'm on my way to Senegal in a couple of weeks for that. You know, with this oh, new that's client, crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, as, you, as you was talking um, earlier. And he had jumped, uh, pitched in, man. I was like, yo, I really appreciate the journey. Like, at first, especially this time in my life, like, I'm like, man, the end goal was always in my mind. Like, that was the main focus. But it's along the journey that you really develop the skills to maintain the end goal, if that makes sense. So it's like, we don't really appreciate the journey most of the time until we get through the end goal. But you also have to embrace the journey, too. You know what I mean? And it's crazy now that I'm thinking about it, but it's like, really... Everything you've been through along that journey that develops you into the person you are now, every experience, all of that stuff, whether negative or good. And um, I just think that's very pivotal that you you kind of had those intersecting moments. Because I feel like we all got those, like moments in our life to where we got to like, man, you know what I'm saying? And it just sticks with us. And I think those are moments that just um, enhance the journey experience along the way, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like... um. The countries, like, speak on that, man. Like, what countries have you been through, or or what was your experience like that? Just going abroad, was that your first time going out of country? And then, if it was, what did you think about it? Like, what was your whole experience with it? <clears throat> yeah, my first time going out of the country um, was 2018 March. Uh, we had to fly from Atlanta to Amsterdam, so I got to spend some time in Amsterdam. That's pretty crazy. It was highly man. advanced. Like, really? I've never seen a McDonald's like that at the time. Um, and then we flew to Dubai. Man, um, what was that like, man? You been in Miami before? Um, I rode through there, man. It was like a while back. So like, uh, you mean like the city part? Like just yeah, Miami, Dubai? Yeah, yeah, Miami. Dubai is like Miami on steroids, like times 20. That's crazy. It's a <laughs> it's a very lavish country, uh, rich. You see real gold over there. Like I actually got to touch real gold, see what it's like. So you, if I was to ever like wear jewelry, I would probably never purchase jewelry in America because it's all fabricated. Mm. Um, if I was to practice Islam, I wouldn't practice Islam over here. No offense, but they really take that stuff serious over there, and it's actually practiced the right way. So I got to see how Islam is really practiced, right? Because you know, over here, people turn to you see, like when I was with that, like man, they making this stuff look foolish. They need right. to stop doing that. So got to see what that was like in certain parts of the country. Depending on what part of the world you go to, they really love black people. Like they really value black people. Like I just remember walking down to the suits which is basically markets over there like flea markets somewhat mm -hmm. and they like was calling us kings and queens obama at the <laughs> they didn't crazy. hate they hate trump you know at the time <laughs> um but they really value black people dubai there was no crime over there um marijuana is illegal i think alcohol is illegal i can't remember that part so in the clubs or whatnot they were smoking cigarettes but 
Food was amazing. Um, I met some people over there who uh, basically was dragged into the country because a lot of times their identity is stolen. He had made a um, hand painting out of a needle. My mom named it Animals. That is crazy, bro. It's, it was it was amazing. So that was Dubai. I also went to Abu Dhabi. That's when I went to the mosque. And I like really like understood Islam and how it's really practiced. Uh, I got to go to the Burj Khalifa, which is the world's tallest building. I saw that. Um, I went to Ferrari World, which is basically like the origination of Ferraris and like, you know, amusement park for that. It was amazing. So I spent like 10 days there. And when I came back to America, like, I just remember driving. Well, I had to get over jet lag first. <laughs> I just remember driving down the street in the car. And I'm just looking at life differently mm-hmm. because. Right. It was a life altering experience. Yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, I also got to do a desert tour. I forgot about that. You know, I got to see camels and whatnot. You well, know, you, you get to ride one or anything like that? I got to ride a camel. As far as like the actual like four wheelers, I didn't do that. I think it was too malleable weight. I didn't get to do it. Um, that was Dubai. But when I came back from the first, <clears throat> the first time, it was like, it's like what's going on down here in America. <laughs> Bruh, I feel Bruh, you, man. I, I, I definitely, definitely that. I understand. I went to um, I had the honor to go to Colombia. Okay, it's it's different, bro. It, it, and also, you when you get back here. It's an adjustment phase you got to go through. Yeah. You know, because it's like, first of all, in a sense, your brain sometimes moving faster than what, you know, like the city is moving itself in Savannah sometimes, especially when getting back here. And I remember I was thinking to myself also, like being in Columbia in particular, I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, they got it rough over here. Yeah. It's like certain part, like rough. I'm talking about, like I was talking to my brother, man, it's like, man. You see, after after about two o'clock in the morning, man, you see kids out. That's my my children's age, or even younger. They out also still. I'm like, bro, why they not in why they not in bed? It's like, man, it's a school night. It's like, man, hustling at this young age. Not on, you know. Not only that, you got like a a woman, man. She out on the streets, breastfeeding her child right in front of you mm. and begging for money. It's like, you know what I'm saying. You see all this stuff, and it's like, bro, like for me, I'm like, yo, this is this is different. You know what I'm saying? And wow. it's like, man, we get on top of the roof, and we looking, you know, like we could just like just look out, man. And you can look so far to the right, and what you see on the right side, it look totally different than what you see on the left. And then you you introduce to the haves and the have-nots. Mm. And you like, bro, it's like, it's like. It's a two-faced picture. You know what I'm saying? And you look, you looking at it and you like, bro. But over here, you know what I'm saying? They still, they still enjoying life. They still doing whatever they do. And it's like the thing about it, they find a way to be happy in the midst of being. You know what I'm saying? And so that that gave me more of an appreciation for my own. And then it made me understand a lot about, you know, like our culture. Now, yeah. one thing about yeah. culture, culture, man, it travels far and beyond. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's one thing about it. You can you can start tripping about a race <clears throat> all day, but then it's like culture is something totally different. 100%. And it's like, man, I realize like a lot of the things that the so-called black man goes through, you know what I'm saying, is like the so-called brown man could be going through the same thing. And you like, because I, I stopped and I asked a brother that was pretty much, man, buddy was like, he was a... He was an all-in-one for us, man. This man was a... He used to sit up there and he used to translate for us. This man was like... 
anything we needed, bro. Buddy was he was that guy. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Gustavo. But he was that guy. Like Buddy was on demand for us. Like, bro, like it was multiple times, man. We could have got robbed, bro. It's like, bro, we could we was in some bad shit. And this man here, I to this day, I, I asked too many questions, yeah. but this man had power. I know he had power. And it's like, you know what I'm saying, just having a, a person like that around you to make sure you, you're not taking advantage of. And it's like I called him to the side one day, uh, one night, because we, uh, we went out. Like, I, my, my homeboys went out. Like, they was in the club. They were doing their thing. Me, myself, I ain't no club. I don't drink. I don't smoke. None of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I'm a lame when it comes to that stuff. So it's like, man, after a while, man, they were doing a hookah and all in the club. I'm like, man. I asked uh, Gustavo, I was like, man, hey, I was like, bro, I need to get some air. So he was like, all right, cool. So I told him, I'm like, man, I'm about to go outside. And so I go outside. He walk outside with me. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I'm just, man, outside this club. I'm talking about, man, you got like the street walkers, everybody. Like, it's like, it's the script. I'm talking about, dog, when I say, like, you've been to Miami. Miami, Savannah, like the humidity, bro, is on a whole nother, bro, over there in Columbia, it was a, bro, that mug was unbearable. <laughs> really? I'm talking about, yeah, man, unbearable. I'm talking about, brother, we was in, it was in August, brother, I, I didn't, <clears throat> bro, it, it was, it was on a whole nother level. Standing out there, man, so I'm looking around and then it's like, man, I, I stopped and I asked, like, Gustavo asked me something. And um, cause them boys, like I noticed the whole time we was there, like our homeboys were trying to get them. They were like, man, Gustavo, man, we got you, man. You know, whatever shot, you know, however many shots you want, bro, we got you. You know what I'm saying? We good for it. And he was like, nah, 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 you you good, you good. And I kept noticing. And you know what the old saying, is, they say real recognize real. So I kept yep. noticing. I'm like, I said, man, Gustavo, man, he keep turning down the drink offers. So um, outside the club, I asked him, I was like, I was like, yo, I say, um, I say, you don't drink, do you? He was like, no, nah, I don't drink. I said, man, I could tell. I said, I don't drink either. Mm-hmm. And so immediately, I already knew that that was the reason, but they couldn't catch on to it. They kept trying to, and it's like that the whole time, that's not, you know, that's not his thing. Yeah. So, you know, we was outside, man, and it's like, bro, one of the most prolific points to the whole trip happened, man, outside that club. I stopped, and it's like, although we using the translator to, to communicate, yeah. I asked him, I said, bro, I said, man, let me ask you a question, man. I said, all these kids out here, man. I said, man, where, I said, where the father's at? He turned and he looked at me, right? This was the one thing he couldn't translate. He didn't even put this in the translate. He said, when that right there, that became universal. Because that's the same, that's the same dilemma we battle on with here. You know, people as color, bro. I'm like, bro, the fathers, they absent from the home, so you got this. And then you got, you know, the women up there. The young kids, man, they sitting around, bro. I'm talking about, bro, I cannot make this up. You got some of the young kids, bro, was out there, bro. Them boys was pushing condoms. Dang. Pushing condoms, bro. Talking to grown people about what they were getting ready to do with some of the women. I'm sitting up there, bro. I'm blown away. Man, hey, the, the, uh, the brothers I was with, right? Them boys kept laughing at me because I was getting irritated. I saw, you know, I'm talking the little little run around man, like, man, it was like flies. <laughs> I said, man, I said, bruh, I said, you should be in bed. <laughs> so I'm, t- I'm talking to, him. I said, man, where's my belt at? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's like, but again, it's like, man, it, it hit me. I'm like, bruh, this is their culture. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, though, I'm like, bruh, it, do- it doesn't matter where you at, bruh, the formula is still. The formula. 
Yeah, you 100%. tickle, hey, bro. You not, hey, you get rid of the head, bro. The body will follow. Hundred percent. And it's like, bro, and I'm seeing it. I, I, I'm sitting up there, and immediately, like you said, bro, that being at the bottom of the st- uh, staircase, bro, you take one step up, but you still looking at the top. I'm looking at this picture, and I'm already looking at the end result to what's going on presently. I'm mm-hmm. like, bro. Here it is. I say from this right here, with these young kids being exposed to, you're gonna have men that's not gonna they're not gonna respect these women, first of all. I say, then a lot of times you're gonna have a repeated process. You know what I'm saying? It's no respect happening right here. These kids should not even be seeing these women doing this stuff. That if that's the women's business, that's their business, but still and yet the kids should not be shown this. Hmm. But it's like the thing about it, again, it it, it is what it is, man. And then it's like it, it's it, bro. It was it was mind blowing to me, man. Then you come back, and when you come back and you didn't see so much, bro. It's like you it's like you it's it's almost it's a it's almost like it's no different than being traumatized. It's like a part of you it'll never be the same because you can't be unshown what you've been shown. Right. But in, instead, now to a creative, you sitting there thinking, bro. It's a story that must be told. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the whole time I was in the midst of this, man, I'm like, yo, I need to be writing, bro. Like I need to be writing. And it's like, man, my my wheels, it just keep turning, bro. And so, man, eventually I came back, bro. I decided I'm gonna start writing. I gotta get back to writing. Like hmm. it's too much to be told, man. That's we not executing on everything. And it doesn't matter if you if it doesn't matter, bro. The the part is too big. The part is too big. No matter what, if you a writer, I'm a writer. You know what I'm saying? We can all write and we can still get along, bro. And it's like, bro, it's going to be plenty from us to eat from. You know what I'm saying? 100%. We can still eat from the same pot. Don't. But the problem is a lot of time what happens is you got two people doing the same thing. They start hating on each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They start trying to connect, uh, contaminate their plate, but we all eat not the same pot, bro. 1,000%, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But man, it's just like man, that's my little spill on it because I understood what Fan was saying when he came back here, man, and it's like it becomes different, bro. Because you, it's like again, he can't unseen when he said seen over there in Dubai, right. like that was beauty to him. And for me, it's like crazy because even though I might have said some of the some of the the unfortunate things and the the most unfortunate looks that I, you know, it was still, bro. I, I can't. It was it was still beautiful. It was a it was a grimy. It was a grimy type of beauty. You know what I'm saying? It was, it's almost like, bro, control chaos. Right. And it's like, bro, if you look at it long enough, you're like, yo, wait a minute. Some of this stuff actually makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You start looking at it, you're like, man, I thought this mode was, I thought this was a mess. But in this mess, bro, all these different paint splatters, it's actually art. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's how I started viewing it, man. And it's, I say, man, hey, I got to travel more. It's crazy because uh, um, I went to, uh, I got when I was in the military, man, I got a chance to travel to Japan, uh, Australia, uh, Korea, and uh, Tokyo. And it was just dope, man. Like, I, I, I advise anybody to get out of the country and, and go explore, man, because it just gives you a different perspective. And I think it enhances, like, whatever you're working on, it just enhances it to get that side of perspective of the world. You know what I'm saying? Just to get out of the um the place where you're at. So we talked about the business. We talked about Atlanta. What is the... No, so how did you get to New York? Like, how did that work? Like, what was the process for that? I started getting tired of Atlanta. How long were you there? If you don't I mind lived me last for six years. Six, six years, <clears throat> man. That's crazy, man. So, um, 
what is the is there any similarities or any differences that you see from Atlanta? I mean, Atlanta and New York. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Now that you like experienced the. Uh, Can I ask you what, what part of New York exactly? Uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, that's crazy, okay. man. Can I? Can, let me yeah. ask you. Okay, Manhattan, right? So, since you've been in, is that the only place you've been in New York yet? No, I've been. Uh, I go to cool. New York all the time. I want to ask you another <laughs> question then about New York. Tell me about the shape right now currently that uh, Harlem is in. I give you the backstory to New York. All right. I always wanted to be in New York. New York is my dream city to live since I was a kid. I remember writing it down when I was 11 years old, sitting at my mom's table in the dining room and places to live, New York City. I had never been to the city at the time, but just based on what I liked and what I had like attraction towards, I knew New York was for me. I just didn't know when I was going to get there, but I'll be honest, I put 2021, 2022, when I was going to move to New York. That's and in crazy. 2019, that's when I was like, you know, it's time to move to New York. And the girl I was involved with, she was from New York, but I met her in Atlanta. <laughs> and because uh, I like always wanted a girl from like that area, because right. they're like, you know, that's another conversation. I'm going to say something now. We getting ready to go there. What it is that attract you to the women in New York? I already know what it is, but I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear what you about to it's say. It's just that whole East Coast, like that whole Northeast. Like it don't matter if it's Boston, DC, New York, Jersey, Philly. It's just that different. Those women are a little more aggressive too. It's not even that. Like they don't really play games. They know what they want. They up front with you. Yeah, I'm telling you. Know, you they they more like New York up there, man. They kind of advance as far as like you said, knowing what they want and how to move and stuff like that. And I think that's uh, it's attractive. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like. Yo, you know what I'm saying? It's dope to have somebody with that ambition. I feel like it's a little bit more ambitious. Yeah, that. and that's exactly that's exactly how she was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she'll basically like help me on my toes when I first right. moved to Atlanta. Cause like I took a year off from school, and when I moved to Atlanta, it was me getting back in school, and I wasn't motivated. Cause like if you take time off and try to get back, it's kind of hard to like catch yeah. back up to speed. And then I was just moving, I had to figure out my logistics of situation, living wise. Mm-hmm. And she used to like just come over, like that girl, like. She had six classes. She had an internship. And she'll still come over and be up doing work. I'm like, I've never seen the work ethic like this. Yeah, man. And it then one contagious. night, one night we had a conversation in the car. And she saw the potential in me. And she was just like, where's the fire? She's like, like, you got it in you. But like, like she basically like, say, wake the F up, mm-hmm. basically. And ever since then, I turned the page. Um, but I get back to New York. New York, it was always affinity for me to be there. I wrote it down 2021, 2022. That's when I was going to be there. But I remember I used to go to this place at Georgia State because I used to like to study and do work in quiet spaces. And I used to go to the place and the guy, he was basically like, um, you need one more year like grooming or whatnot. Because I was telling him I was ready to go to New York. That's my next move. And then that's when I thought of getting a master's degree. And um, that's why I put New York on hold. And my first time going to New York was um, April 2021. My first time going to the first time I got to New York, I didn't like it though, to be honest, because it's a, it's that? like it's like a culture shock. Number one, it's dirty. <laughs> I hear I hear a lot of people say that, man. <laughs> Number two, it's trash. It's not greenery. You're not in the south. You're not. You don't see that. That's not a norm down here, and it's fast. And also, like, you really don't need a car, and you got to use public transportation. So if you're not accustomed to that, and you're not like you don't like that, then you're not gonna like New York. And then at the same time. It's so much to do in New York because it's really like a playground. If you do too much, it's going to become overwhelming and overbearing. So when I got to New York, I had a whole list of everything I wanted to do. I had I did like five or six things in like a couple hours. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like this. But the next day, 
I started to settle down and I caught myself going to Little Italy in Chinatown, which is like a place that's like replicable of like them countries. And I was just walking. I was like, yo, it's not a city like this in America where you could go and like be a black man just walking through these environments. And I felt at home and I was like, I can't believe this. And I've all... I've always, based on my upbringings and where I grew up around, I always was a diverse and eclectic person. I just had to get to that stage of being in an environment where that is accepted. presentable to right, me and accepted. Right. I feel you on that, man, 100%. You know, it's interesting you say that, man. For me, back in about the same time, I think it was 2007 for me, that my first time visiting uh, Virginia. We, we, uh, we, went to the, uh, we went to VA, and from VA, we went to Washington, D.C., and, bruh, I'm talking about, man, so it was, it was about five, it was about five of us. So out of the five, the five of us, looking around, man, it's like you could tell us brothers, we weren't from that area. We stood, I'm talking about, bro, we stood out. So that was doing it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date the period of time that was. It was between 07, 08, and Lil Wayne had just dropped a milli. <laughs> and how Wayne was dressed in that video, he had on a leather jacket, skinny jeans, I want to say something like, man, everybody in D.C. was, everybody was dressed like that. Everybody. To us, that was a culture shock. We like, bro, everybody on the same O? It's like, bro, all us, we from G.A. And it, it's crazy because at that point in time, we wind up uh, coming across some females. And the females we wind up coming across they, I don't know what it was. They stood out too. I'm about to tell you why though. So when we started, you know, conversating with them, come to find out they from GA too. So we meet <laughs> in 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 the heart of DC, bro. We meet some females from GA. We from GA, and so I'm sitting up there. I'm thinking about the whole thing. I'm like, y'all up there talking about man. Y'all trying to see what some DC women about man or or Virginia women. I said, bro. I said, man, it's like, bro. It's almost like, okay, for all this, we just might as well have stayed in the state. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, but it was crazy because it's like, like I had a partner now. Buddy was just, Buddy had a bat, bro. He was just swinging. I'm talking about swinging at everything, bro, missing. Just missing. <laughs> but that's how aggressive he was, man. And the women, they weren't going for that. They turned around and they were doing them like Johnny Bravo, bro. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, dog. I was like, yeah, I felt that one just now. I'm like, bro, I need to stop. But like, he kept going. It's like the same, oh, another one. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting, though, because when we were walk walking in D.C., I remember thinking to myself the same thing you said, though. We walking around, and I'm like looking around, and I'm talking about, bro, like we see the White House. A buddy like, you know, right over there, man, that's the White House. What? Man, we right. in the hood right now. He's like, yeah, that, that's the White House. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, bro, like it. Uh, that, was, that was shocking for me. You know what I'm saying? But... It's like, bro, we steady walking, walking, and it's like we see faces that look just like ours. And it's like, bro, like, yo, like, this, this is crazy. Even in Savannah, you go downtown and stuff like that, you already know. It's like, it's just so, it's so blended. You you get in this, like, bro, it's a melting pot down there. But, like, just walking through D.C., like, certain areas, bro, it's like, bro, I don't recall seeing a Caucasian person at all. I, I don't. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo. This is different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was a culture shock to me. Yeah. So you saying like New York, when you like and, and when you said in 21, that was your first time going to New York. April 2021. Right? And I've been nine so times since. <clears throat> your first time in uh 2021 going to New York. What uh what city did you visit in New York? Well Borough. Well Borough. Oh really? 
That's what it's called, Burroughs. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. So, so yeah. what Burroughs did I visit? Uh, Brooklyn for sure, because like before I went to New York, I felt like Brooklyn was like that was the type of dude I was. I was a combo of Brooklyn and Harlem. Um, Brooklyn, Harlem. Uh, okay, I'm gonna get to that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Brooklyn, the Bronx, um, Boogie Down, huh? Staten Island. Um, my first time, Brooklyn. Staten Island, the Bronx, in Manhattan. Second, well, every other time after that, it was Harlem, Queens. I think the only borough I haven't been to yet is Long Island, but that's like far out of New York. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's where DM at Yonkers. But I've been to every borough. In New York, basically. The two that are like most similar to me is Harlem and Brooklyn, though. Um, Why is that? If you could explain it. Yeah, I can explain. It's true. Like, if you look at... I use Jay-Z and Diddy. Jay-Z from Brooklyn, Diddy from Harlem. They're just... If you actually go to them boroughs and you experience it, you'll see why. Harlem is very smooth. It's changed now because it's very gentrified. I was, I was getting ready, yeah. But yeah. it's smooth... You talk people, about it like it's wine. Yeah, people people like really get money in Harlem and like that's like where the players is. They get money, but they do it in like a smooth way, like Diddy. You go to right. you go to Brooklyn. More rougher. Like Jay Z, he smooth too, but like he gonna you know. I, yeah, I get I what you're saying. Yeah. I get I what you're saying. Like look at that. Fab, look at Jim Jones. Like you, that's just really when you go. And you experience it, it's just like that. Like, I like mm. Brooklyn, too. That's why it's kind of hard for me to, like, figure out if I had to pick one, which one would I pick. Because when I went to New York in April of this year, again, uh, I went to Harlem and I walked Harlem. That's, like, my fourth time going to Harlem. It's like, y'all really love Harlem because it's like, <laughs> it fits my personality as far as, like, the smoothness, like, the laid back. Right, right. But Brooklyn, the creativity of it. Yeah. I, ooh, I okay. All right. Let's wrap for a second. Let's wrap. All right, so out of the two, Brooklyn, Harlem, which one is more so of a suit? Harlem. I know. I, I knew you were going to say that. Harlem. I knew you was going to say that. All right, which one is more so work boots? You said work boots? Work boots. That's Brooklyn. I knew you were going to say that. Brooklyn got so many components to it, too, though. Mm-hmm. It's got bad style. You got Marshy Project, you got uh, Flatbush, you got um, Newkirk, you got uh, Utica. It's got so many components to it. I got you. I you got know? you. Harlem, Uptown, all that type of stuff. You know, 125th, Adam uh, Powell Boulevard, Malcolm X Boulevard. I got, you know. What's crazy is, bro. Frederick Douglass Avenue, all of that. What's crazy. I never, I never been able to, to visit Harlem, but I've done mad research on Harlem. Like, I don't, it's a lot it's of history crazy. there. And that's it, it another is. reason why I think it, Harlem it, fit me more. Yeah, bro. So what I want to ask you, like, and this this is like writer talk right here, like what I'm about to ask. Like, bro, walking these streets, what did you feel? You, you, hey, you can't tell me with every step you took, bro. I'm talking about, bro. That's, bro. It stands us. I felt like I wasn't in the present moment. I felt like I was in back, back in time. Yeah, man. back in time. Oh, that's crazy. I knew it. Go ahead, bro. Malcolm X, my guy. I felt like Malcolm X was still alive. I know a little bit about um, Adam Clayton. 
Adam, one of them. And I felt like, you know, he was still there. Um, even, uh, what's the guy name? What's the jazz artist's name? He's from Harlem, oh, too. Uh, so, um, Gillespie? No, no it's um, another one. The I can't Trump, think of his the name right now. Um, I know you're talking about. I can't think of the name He's right now. He's from Harlem, too. Hmm. But it's just like, even Frederick Douglass, it's just like, it's very gentrified now. But even when I was there in August, I took my homie to Harlem. And we went to, if you ever go to Harlem, go to a spot called Red Roots. It's right next to Sylvia. Sylvia's is like a black owned. It's like a southern like vibe restaurant. Red Rooster is black owned too, I think. They nice. But it's just, it's the culture is different. So those are, uh, so the two places that you call out. Landmarks. Those, okay, that's what I want to make Landmarks. sure. So they, they okay, gotcha. They, they actually not that far from the Apollo. Matter of fact, the Apollo Theater. That's in Harlem. Oh, yeah, exactly. How, how is that now? Like, you, you visited that, right? I didn't get to. You could do a tour. Um, I think they take you in. But I've been to it. I just never been inside of it. But I gotcha. got something cooking up too. It's gonna be in Apollo Theater. Yes, sir. Oh, that's Keep that under wraps. That's hey, legit. Man. Hey, brother. Because hey. they they, re, they remodeling that. That's what I was wondering. Because I you don't hear nothing about it right now. And a lot of times, man, when it's like that, yeah. Drake did a concert there last year. Then um, Damon John had Black Entrepreneurs there at the Apollo Theater like last week. I attended it virtually. There still man. be some stuff, but I think you gotta like just be in the loop of what's going on. Got gotcha. you. That gotcha. makes a, makes a lot of sense, man. Um, Even um, a thousand and one, the movie that Tiana Taylor, her first movie, AB Rockwell, she's an independent filmmaker. I gotta check she's that out. She's from uh, Queens, New York. They shot that in Harlem because Tiana Taylor's from Harlem. They had a premiere at the I think the Apollo Theater, but it was in Harlem. You just gotta be in the loop of what's going on in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, man. Let me ask you real quick. Um, you. I hate to take it back Back to Atlanta No you cool But uh, the Trap Museum man You visited that Yeah tip spot What did you think about it man Cause I wanted to go man I wanna visit that It's like a trap <laughs> I grew up around that type of stuff So you One I way in one way out cool man It's like This room Proximity to that It's dope though Tip did a good job Creating that So like With your creative mind And stuff Do you think more That needs to be Like I always tell E Like we have so many Different perspectives To like The black experience I think like Every aspect should be told Front of you, person to that person, you think like more that should be uh, more people should create things like that to tell the tell the story. Like, what do you think about that as far as um, film writing, whatever? Tell the story where your listener is going to tap in. Mm. I had a conversation with a guy who took me out um, before I left Atlanta, and he was just telling me his story, and I was telling him he should start like putting it out to the masses because I was like, every story has a listener, right? Uh, Nipsey also said it best. Um, you know, watching others and following this success, it'll poison you. Mm, it, 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 oh, man, bro. So you can't get caught up in that. So it just depends. 100%, man. Comparison is a thief of, all, uh, thief of joy. I really uh, resonate with that. Do you have any inspirations? Like, people that you grew up that, like, kind of inspire you with the steps you're taking now? Like, well, what's your what's your take on that? From the beginning, it was uh, Malcolm X, um, <laughs> Tupac. Master P, Birdman. When I got a Jay Z, then when I got the like middle school area, Tilt, Jeezy, Fifty Cent. People sleep on Fifty. Ah oh, man, they do, bro. And then when I got like high school going to like you know eighteens going to like early twenties, that's when it switched to like let's say the same, but that's when like Nipsey came into play, Dolph. Um. And then if we switch in size, I would say Ray Dalio. He the one to do the principles. Um, I haven't heard of him before. 
Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. Uh, that's about it. I like that, man, because I feel like me and E had this conversation. When Steve we, Jobs, that's another Steve one. Jobs. <clears throat> I studied Steve Jobs a lot last summer. I think uh, me and E had that um, conversation about characters, right? And I think like you know, you seem like a very smart person, intelligent and all of that. Thank you. But you still have aspects of, you like what you like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have people, I grew up on the same type of people, Birdman, Lil Wayne, uh, Jeezy, things like that. But I also could like this too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And how does that, like, when, when you, like, how does that play into who you are, man? Because I feel like, Sometimes you get labeled like if you do this, then you gotta be this type of person. Or if you you can't do this and do this, like for instance, you've been to school, you've been all these things, but you still like that the aspects of certain things, music wise, whatever. Um, do you think it's an issue with that? Like, Basically, what he's saying is this here: like your ability to be like a chameleon. Yeah, right. it's like your style, being able to like the styles that you like. First of all, I'm I'm gonna say this here: this okay you. A chameleon, a chameleon is able to adapt, right? But then he's able to also listen to different things, right? Take certain, like I was talking to you before about like whoever is is ever classified as the best or the greatest. The the way that they got to that point is not just being closed minded or having tunnel vision, right? Right. He or she has to have this, you know, have the wherewithal to be able to embody different elements of different styles blending them together like i was telling you about like like wheezy mm -hmm. like wayne the way he started out you you could tell is like when he first started out as a, as a child and he was like a lot of people would even say man wayne was like a prodigy as a child like the abilities that he had and stuff like in which wayne was able to you know to put together an album which in which the brother it was it was a it was a fire album the brother didn't, you know he didn't cuss at all so he already showing you I can do this without even cussing. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then as he got older, by the time he had then got to about the drought, from the drought to the Carter to, you know what I'm saying, to, I mean, not the drought, excuse me, by, by the time he had got to uh, like the um, mixtape by uh, DJ Drama, the first one, the dedication, dedication, the first one. Yeah. That was that came out in 06. Then the drought, I mean, then um the Carter hit. You know what I'm saying? Or it might have been in it might have been the Carter first, first right? came after the Carter first one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it man came after the Carter two. Wayne dropped the Carter two in like 05. Then that's when he switched to the mixtapes. I'm trying to like he bro, started like, dropping mixtapes. No, the I Carter remember, II, I remember after, mixtapes. yeah. I remember that came after. <laughs> Yeah, cause then that's when like you you bro like this man was like he was eating like he mm -hmm. was. What I'm trying to say though is this here, what he was able to do between the Carter one and the Carter two, like you heard a big change. First of all, a lot of people look at that and they was giving him the treatment that they give Nas a lot on the Carter two. They you know what, what the biggest thing that they they ever have the grab against Nas is man like man the beats. Mm -hmm. that a lot of people be like, man, like your lyricism fire, but your beats, you know what I'm saying? But again, the Carter too, you got to think about it. What was happening in his life at that time? Manny Fresh, he had that exit. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? What I love now looking back about the Carter too, man, the Carter too is like, man, he started being able to rip on multiple type of beats right in order to stay relevant man you can't just be you can't limit yourself yeah man you got to be out there man and you got to say you know what i experiment now 
Give it to me. I'm going to just eat beets tonight. So it's like. Nah, man. To your point, like when I was going to Savannah State, I always tell people like if you could experience an HBCU, do it, man. Because you see so many different varieties of like just the culture, man. And that's pretty much what I was saying. Like I like how you tap into the culture. But you still. What was your question? You had a question. Oh, no. I was saying just like um, uh, I asked you about the Trap Museum. Um. And it was basically like incorporating like right, 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 and co- incorporate all those aspects of the culture, man. Like I think that's pretty dope. And uh, do you use that for inspiration? Because I feel like sometimes whatever the case may be, you could get labeled a certain thing. Like man, my man, square, or whatever. But it's still like yo, I pull inspiration from all types of the culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I was asking you like your inspirations and things like that, and I just appreciated that you still you have all aspects of. The culture and then outside of that you know what i mean and i think sometimes people in the black community can feel like you don't keep it real or you don't do this or you don't do that because you subscribe to certain types of people or subscribe to certain type of information and i like how broad it is you know what i'm saying yeah so i appreciate that man um what else man you got any questions um with the what do you what do you see as far as film well i'll ask you this what do you what attracts you about it and then what do you want to take it? That's that's what I wanted to get to asking him. But I'm going I'm to be careful on how I ask because I know as a creator, he probably create. I don't want to, I don't, what I don't want to do is the questions that I ask, if his if his work's not complete yet, I don't want to dive into that until, you know, he's able to like talk and, and, and give, you know, give 100% or whatever he feel comfortable talking about. So you, you, you have projects already out there, right? Yeah, I got Okay, uh, cool. So let, we can talk about well, those. I'm, I'm cooking up some as we speak. I, I know, <laughs> but see, that's why I don't want to talk about that. But I can answer that. I can answer this question. You, you, can, um, answer, you, can, you can answer on what you're cooking up now? I can, nah, we ain't going to mess with it. We ain't going to mess with it, man. We ain't going to mess with it. I can answer one because I'm cooking up multiple projects. See, that's, that's me too. I can respond to one, though. All right, cool. Um, but what you said, what inspires me about film? Yeah, like what do you like about it? And then what is your, like, what is your ultimate goal? Like, what do you see it going? Or what would you deem successful? When he's saying where you see it going at, what would you deem your yeah your works? Yeah, what would you? Say no, I'm gonna respond. I'm just thinking about what inspires me about film. Oh yeah, that's take a great time, question. <clears throat> I wouldn't even say nothing inspires me about film. It's just you really expressing how you view art. How you can articulate it to the masses, mm. and what I what I mean by that is, it's really like you're taking a blank canvas, and you're just coming up with different paintings, no matter what color. You're trying to figure out the best portrait to showcase. I remember before I left Atlanta, um, I spent some time with you know people who was like meaningful, right? And we went to Atlanta United game, and my partner we was riding. He was like, how I feel about finally moving to like my dream city, doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, to be honest, man, it's like a dream come true because a lot of people don't actually get to do what they said they were going to do and they don't get to actually live out their dreams. And so I responded with that. He responded with, you living like, he, he said you living out your art creatively. And I never heard that. I'm like, you know what? That's dope. I had to write that dope, down. Dog. He said I'm living out my yeah. art creatively. Man. Can I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Right before he said what he said, what did you say? A lot of people don't do what? A lot of people don't get to live out their dreams and actually live out what they say they were going to do. Why do you think that is? Fear. And at the mm. same time, they let people get in the way. 
Man. Dude. And who else gets in the way? They get in their own way. Wow. Dude. Amen. That's so I'll true. Beyond be transparent, I'm at time. I at times do that. We all do. Yeah, man. But the difference between you, the next person, or any of us being right here right now is a choice. Yeah. And the choice is, you know what? So what? Sometimes you got to ask yourself, so what? Because hmm. we are question ourselves all the time, but sometimes it's come, it comes down to, so what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. And my whole life has been about taking risks. Like, I don't care what other people think. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take a risk. You got to bet on yourself. You know, I take so it back true, to Nip, bro. man. He did an interview with Sway. Oh, he was bro, like, you got to bet on yourself, which is the underdog, because if you don't believe in yourself and where you can go out, nobody else will. Man, that man basically said he had Alpinos with rims. He sold that. Got the equipment. He was broke for a minute, but look where it took him at. Right, bro. So I correlate back to what my whole life. Like, you got to take risks and better yourself. So what inspires me about film, man, is Blakey, like I said, is like you taking a blank canvas from the jump and you paint whatever you want to create and it's dedicated to the people that's supposed to touch. So I mm. wouldn't say nothing inspires me about film. It's just more so what I could do to put out to whoever is supposed to gravitate towards it, like catch it. Bro, I love that, man. Dog, that's so crazy, man, because it uh it takes you down a whole nother trajectory. And you spoke too about like pretty much like I'm paraphrasing, but like pretty much to the whole comparison thing, because if you expect it to look like the next man, then you chasing his dream and his life, things like that. So I love the way you what the way you broke that down. Man, what you had like a three year plan, five year plan, ten year plan. I know that's kinda like specific, but like what would you like to see it go? Like what would you like to see it do? No, nah, that's good because I, I I'm featured in two magazine articles. I answer that question. Oh, that's so. crazy, man. Yeah, EGOT. Say that one more. Explain that. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony Awards. I want to win all Mm. four of those awards. I want to be an EGOT recipient. And then I want to build a school for um, the less fortunate who can't afford to go to, like, the art schools. Because, like, it's expensive to go to, like, art schools. Whether that's film, whatever relating to the arts is expensive. So that's something I want to build probably right here in my hometown. That'd be dope, man. You know. That'd be dope, man. But that's the main that's the main goal, but man. It's really just to like change people's assist people with looking at art from a different perspective. I think that's Because it's, it's lost nowadays from it my really perspective. Is. It really is, bro. I think that's so dope, man. Like um uh, I always, you know, that when you were speaking earlier and Les Brown uh comes to mind, he said, You don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to start to be great. And yeah. I think that's so dope, man, because it's like, yo, man, like a lot of times we look for everything and every piece to fall into place, but it really based down, we've been talking about this the whole conversation, decisions. Like you got to make a decision. You know what I mean? We do it every day. I think, you know, sometimes we think super magnified and we got to bring it down to the basics um, and simplify things, man. Like, you know, like I said, you don't have to be great. To, uh, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to start to be great. And you just got to make a decision, make a plan. And then trying to execute on that. And it's just one step. You know what I mean? And that's going to lead you to the next step, to the next step, just like walking. And I think a lot of times that's how I look at life sometimes. And that's kind of how I navigate. You got to break it down to a simplest form. And every decision you make, every career that you go into, every project that you work on, you can always base it back to life and find inspiration in life, which is the art that you're that you're living out. You know what I'm saying? Like your friend said. So I just, I just think that's dope, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I want to ask you something too, man. Before we end, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna challenge you off some words you didn't heard before. Sometimes we gotta, you know, we gotta hear it again. Where's your fire at? 
right now, as we speak today, where's your fire at? You putting it on a scale or? Where's your fire at? On a scale of 10, 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. I'm going a, I'm to a tell you why is that a 5 because I've been doing so much this year to the point where I'm kind of worn out. And it's caught up with me. Like before I left, before I left Atlanta, knocked out two photo shoots, was working, still had a side hustle, still running the business, still trying to do the film. You know, it's worn out on me. Well, I would say, okay, let me respond. The fire is at a 10, but the actual, to take the initiative to get the fire going is at a five. All right, bro, I can resonate with that 100%. Okay. Where's the flame at? Five, right now. You look straight ahead. Yeah. You see that right there was containing that fire, right? Yeah. Okay. As you can see, every now and then the flame gets higher than the top. Every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's pretty much, it looks like it's pretty much level with the top. Yeah. So right now, if that's your fire and the container is holding your fire, where's your fire? I say a 6.5. 6.5. Cause I like to be honest with myself. You should be. You should be. That's I like, why I asked you. I like to be honest with myself. I don't if care. If you can't be real with yourself, yeah. who are you really being real with? Yeah. So with that being said, man, and I and I completely understand what you're talking about, man. I want to challenge you. Why is you here, right? Because we a lot of time, man, it, it comes when you come home, when it's homecoming. <laughs> when it's homecoming, right? Sometimes it's about home cooking, right? It's about all these different things, but we lose sight of what it's really about. Yeah. What is this really about for you right now? What are you doing right now to better yourself, even though you're home? I'm working. What are you working on? I'm working on a short film that I'm about to start um, shooting next month. I'm working on a book. And I'm working on another short film that I got to go back to Atlanta to wrap up next week. And then... uh, Working on my business, you know, getting ready to go out of the country for that. But as far as the arts, though, I would say three projects, working on the website to get that going and just getting that up off the ground. Family, I'm going to tell you right now, bro. That's mad impressive. Nah, bro, I was listening to it like, man, that's, that's crazy, That's mad bro. impressive. <laughs> Thank but you. I Thank want you. you to hear me with the next part I'm about to say. Yeah. You say your fire is at about a 6.5, right? Yeah. About a 6.5. So what I'm going to ask you is this here. When you spread yourself out like that, yeah, what happens? <laughs> you don't have no energy to do so anything. If you spread yourself out that wide, what are you truly being great at? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes, bruh, we got to focus on what what's the most pressing thing for you to do right now? What needs to be done right now? It's two things for sure, but they're different. The book and then the short film. Okay. Well let's 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 go ahead and let's let's focus on you know on those two things. Knock those two out. Breathe a little bit. Then you attack the next process. Otherwise, bro, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. The worst thing in the world for a creative is to hit that crashing and that burning period. Yeah. Where your fire then burnt you out. You burn out now. Now you don't feel like creating. That's the time when you need it. You don't feel like it now. 
You know what I'm saying? And I get it. That's when we start overcompensating. We start trying to push through. But then to be real with you, when that happens, the product, it shows. Yeah, absolutely. It shows yeah, man. that you burn out. So again, brother, I, I see the S on your chest. I see it. Yeah, you're doing your thing, man. I for see real. it. Thank you. You're thank doing your thing, thing, man. thing. I definitely, I see you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. But again, sometimes, man, you got to build it, bro. How you build a house? Brick by brick. House ain't just built by saying, be built. Yeah. You got to build it piece by piece. Take one step, then the next step, and get the building. But, man, don't burn yourself out. That's the that's the that's the best thing that I can tell you. Myself, I'm a creative, bro. Like I'm just coming back out of mind, bro. I've been in a slump for far too long. And it's it's been from different different reasons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but again, like I told him, it's like, bro, I feel like I'm waking up. Mm, but it's good. it feels like, no, that's not good. I'm gonna tell you why it's not good. Because I feel like I've been in a coma and I've lost so much time. I I've lost it's like Things look totally different to me. Now I'm starting to find, you know what I'm saying? For me, what I should have did before is what I always have done, which is sometimes, like you said, that's why I never told you. I never, you never heard come out my mouth, man, take a break, chill out. I never said that. Yeah. Because to a creative, bro, that's like death to a creative. That's what I did. I stopped. I still should have been trying to write. Look, you know what I'm saying, tidbits here and out. You know what I'm saying? Just um, I stopped. I stopped. And the moment I stopped, bro, that's when I self started to suffer. Mm. That's why I'm telling you, bro. Don't overdo it, but not just focusing and hone on to the things that really need to be a little sharper, a little crisp. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Work on those two things for right now. The rest, trust me. You'll make a. Hey, you have room for seconds. <laughs> I got one more question, man. No, it's uh, good. I uh, want to go back to the question you asked me earlier, but no, go ahead. Uh, this one, um, networking, man. Like you mentioned, like you going here, you going here, you working on a short film. How do you do that, man? Like, how do you connect the dots? Is it reaching out to people online? Is it meeting friends and tapping into old relationships? Is it building new relationships? Like, was it something that you established in college and now you just reaching out to those people? Because that's something that sometimes I struggle with because. Podcast thing is I don't have a background in that. My mom didn't do entertainment, media things. This is the first thing that I'm branching out on. So it's like it's kind of hard for me to uh, know. I know when the timing is right, but sometimes you want to just stretch your wings a little bit and get that experience. So how do you network? Like what is that process? And then like explain that a little bit. I'm a people's person, but even if I'm not a people's person, like I just don't mind saying saying something to anybody. Bro, he already knows it's our family. We got the gift of gal, bro. Nah, bro. We just we like just busy. Busy. Bro, I about to say we too much. Here, like I've been, I've been, I've been listening to you talk. <laughs> That's why to be real, I don't really have to say much on this podcast. I really not tonight. I really don't. It's it's kind of eerie. Like the stuff you talk about the canvas. If you go back and listen to some yeah, out, yeah. bro, it's, it's all the time. eerie. It's eerie. I, I can tell y'all related. Like if I if I did, <laughs> I just I walked in the room, I'd be like, yeah, bro, they know. I can all my day off. You could like. It'll 100%, 100%, work. 100%, It'll work, bro. 1, I'm already knowing because uh, when our family member said the other day, because I was like, I'm trying to like hoop and get some rising, he told me to tap in with you because you're like, y'all a click. The text every now and again. And I still got a text message to this day. He was like, this your season take off. I still got that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, dope, yeah. Man. Yeah. What did you want to go back on? It was uh, You said it was a, a question. question. Yeah. Oh, networking. You never... 
Aside of the gift of gab, you can't be afraid. Like, people gonna say yeah, people gonna say no. You can't let that stop you though. Mm-hmm. And like, I just like, I really just reach out to people, you know? But at the same time, I think God blessed me with like discernment and intuition. So I just kind of like know what makes sense. Right. As far as like networking to people. But I just don't mind saying nothing to anybody. That makes a lot of sense. Don't be afraid man. of rejection. Time out. <laughs> Simple. Simplified. This stuff that you can put on the shirt, right? Just know what makes sense. I know, right? Well, know what is- makes money. <laughs> That's like for real. In that order to like sense. when you get into that point to where, like, especially in doing what you're doing, bro, again, it starts with that. Something simplistic is that. Know what makes sense. Hmm. If it, first of all, if it don't make sense to you, why are you standing behind it? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because right. at, at that point in time, you don't even think that is it's worth much if you can't stand behind it. So why follow it? Mm. Why approve it? That make a lot of sense. First, it comes with you got to put your foot down. If it don't make, why even be a part of it? But if it makes enough sense to you, bro, guess what? Hence, now that's something that you can build upon movement. Like now, that's something that makes you want to move. So go ahead and make the move. One thousand percent. Yeah, it's like investing. You only invest in what you believe in, what you like. <laughs> Don't invest in anything. It's the same analogy. Right, right. Just right. do what makes sense. That makes perfect sense, dog. But uh, oh, go ahead, my bad. I'm no, go on. ahead, go ahead. Um, I really ain't have no more questions, man. Like to be real, I want you to go ahead. Oh yeah, you you asked me a question earlier. We never got to. You said the difference and the similarities between Atlanta and New York. Oh yeah. The difference is. Atlanta just more like entertainment focus wise. Um, like I said, you still got business and whatnot. It's obviously like more black people in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's diverse. Um, I think New York is very more cultured though. And what I mean by culture, because the definitions of culture is kind of misconstrued in America. You got people who got go really gonna go get it more in New York. It's very fast paced. Um, people aren't rude. It's just a way of life. You know, in Atlanta, Southern Hospitality. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Open the door. Thank you. You know? Um, and when you're in New York, man, you feel inspired to, like, really set out to do and achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, no matter what walk of life you come from, if you got money or not, whatever the case may be in Atlanta. It's kind of like you following what you see. Hmm. I tell people, it's two types of Atlanta. It's the one you could go down there and take care of your business, stay in your own lane and succeed. Or it's the one you could get caught up in what everybody else is doing. You lose your identity and you don't even know who you are anymore. Mm, bro, that's heavy. It's man. black Hollywood. Atlanta's like LA, just a black version of it. New York. It's his own thing. It's one of a kind. Um, one more thing, man. No, you good. Uh, so like, how do you stay true to you? Like, what do you use? Maybe that's recharging your battery with something. Maybe that's you know, watching something that inspires you. Like, how do you say true to you? Because you experience a lot of different places. You're in an industry that you can become trapped in, you know, losing your identity. How do you do that? What do you use to do that? Is it just something that you foundationally just grew up on? Or is it something that you use along the line, uh, along the way to keep that fire in you? First of all, it's prayer. That's the first thing. Um, You got to understand your why. Um, Like, what's your story? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Then I read a lot. I meditate a lot. You got to do those things. Um, and then this is like something I just thought of, but like I eat, a, I eat clean a lot. Like I eat foods that kind of like help my mood. 
stay in a positive light. But I'm always thinking positive. I had a friend who called me the other day. He was like, man, you always think positive. He was like, you the most positive person that I know. Mm. So I don't never really, I'm not going to say I don't ever think negative, but about 98% of the time, I have a positive mindset and perspective on everything. Right. Because it's like, what's meant to happen, it was going to happen, it's going to happen. You can't change the outcome of it. So I just stay positive, to be honest. I respect that, man. What you got, E? Nah, man, hey. It's time to close the casket. I got a, hey. um, I got a word for thought, man. I want to leave. Go ahead, right, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I got something that I want to. After you do your, uh, your word for thought, I got a little something I just want to play, man. Get y'all a opinion on it, man. And we be out. All right, cool, man. My word for thought, man. Pain is the price to pay for getting better. Whatever we do, try. Excuse me. Whatever we do to try to win or get better, you can't have more without feeling pain. So we want to we want to avoid pain and still gain. But you can't do that, man. Pain is the price to pay for getting better. You got to experience pain, whether that's pain or uncomfortability, whether that's physical pain from working out, from stretching your body. You got to experience that, man, that uncomfortability, that uncomfortable space so you can get better. You know what I mean? So don't run away from that. Don't stray from that. Don't try to substance it out. You know, experience that, live in that, and then look at it. Excuse me. Experience that, live in that, and then use that to help you get better to find a way out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want to add to that. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know how many people tell me I don't fit in New York mm. because of how I am and whatnot? Right. So I go to say, I say all of this, say like, you can't let what people say influence you on in your decision. Like, a lot of people that told me New York don't fit me. But when I get there and I realize it, I already know how I could play it. Like, I right. remember when I went, I was like, you got to make New York work for you. Hmm. That's any situation you gotta make whatever situation you in work for you no matter what people say. On that on that note, let me ask like anytime somebody say that don't fit you, right? You think about it. Like I, I once I once heard somebody say this here. Like something just to think about. Somebody tell you that don't fit you or New York don't fit you, right? But then you the type of dude wherever you go, bro. And this and this. Certain people, wherever they go, to be honest with you, they the party. So it's like the party ain't even a party until certain people come into the party to turn their party into a uh, into a party. Yeah. So with that being said, it's like, bro, you think about it, man. It's it's all it's 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 the it's mental. it is it's mm. mental and it's perception based. Yeah. percent. Because it's like, bro, like, how you gonna tell me I don't fit? I fit wherever I go. Yeah. In the same time, when people say it don't fit you. They just saying that because it's within. And they're trying to add that to you. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. Because they ain't even comfortable right. in their own space. Yeah. I'm going to say something, man, and I'm done. So this right here, all this was for me, when this young brother was talking the whole time, I heard this playing in my head. And um, I got to thinking, you know, you could be born and raised in a certain place, right? But really and truly, that's not truly where your rooting system is. His brother said he had a dream. You know what I'm saying? One thing about him, he was always bold enough to ask. He was bold enough to pray for it, to ask for it. And then he became bold enough to go out there and put himself in position to reach for it and then go get it. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this here. This brother, he understand his rooting. And the thing about it, you can be born here in Savannah, Georgia, born wherever. 
but your roots run further, way past where you was born. The thing about it is being real enough with self to understand that although I may currently be in this position, I, I may be, you know, I may be living this type of way right now. I may be, you know, uh, sharing a space with somebody that I don't want to share the space with. Understand my roots run deep. They run wide. I'm not going to be here forever. And I'm bold enough to say that I'm going to make this happen and then you're going to make it happen. Bruh, I appreciate you coming on this podcast today, man. I appreciate Definitely, you just, man. man, look, like blessing the mic, man, with intelligence, man, and just coming on here, man, for, you know, it doesn't matter whether, you know, the individuals that's listening, young, old, whatever, excuse me, younger season, I don't say old no more, younger season, but still in, still in yet, the words that you said today, man, I'm talking about it's something that everybody could pick up on. It, you know, they might not agree with everything you said. So be it. So what? You know what I'm saying? That's just, hey, that's opinions. And that's how opinions, you know, that's how they, they sound a lot of times. It's not always, you know, I agree with everything. But something you said today, doesn't matter who was listening, they could relate to something you said today. Dropping some enlightenment on these folk, man. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all for having me, y'all. Right, it, it was an honor. I'm thankful to be here and, you know, just share words of wisdom for somebody. Somebody need to hear it, and it's uh, it's needed for somebody to basically help them get out of a position that they're in to maybe ignite the fire in them to be able to start something great within their life. So uh, it's always an honor to be able to share whatever I got to the masses. I appreciate it, man. Um, y'all keep doing what y'all doing, by the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's man. needed for the city. Trust me. Thank you, man. Um, before we head out, the platform is yours. If you want to promote anything, social medias, uh, business, whatever, uh, projects that you don't put out. Yeah, uh, Instagram, at Jerome K. Miller. Um, platform, I mean, um, projects that I put out. I did the Leaving It All Behind documentary, still on YouTube. I've acted in three short films. You can check those out. You can check my check out my magazine articles. I was featured in Sheen Magazine. I was also featured in Heart of Hollywood Magazine. And then I also was featured in Heart of Hollywood Magazine again as like the top um, 10 like audition tips to take away to be able to help you succeed in your audition uh, projects. Like I said, I have a book on the way. Uh, have two short films on the way. And yeah, that's it. Hey, man, I appreciate that, man. Y'all, uh, thank you, man. Yes, sir. No um, problem. Thank you, guys. Yo, man, follow this young man. You know what I'm saying? Thank you guys for listening. Like, share. Share with a friend. Share it with a family member. And this is the Real Talk Podcast, man. Appreciate Real Talk. It. We appreciate you giving us a listen. If you like this episode and would like to engage with us or support, reach out through our social media platforms, linked in the description. Tune in every Thursday to check out new episodes. See you next week.